You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. I received a piece of work from 91. And the headline was Macroscope, or is rather, the debt ceiling, an inevitable increase, an unavoidable reckoning. And it was penned duly by strategists Sahil Matani and also analyst Daniel Morgan. And they say it is easy to imagine worse scenarios. With me now, speaking to us from New York, is Daniel Morgan, analyst. It's it's an interesting and quite, quite dramatic sort of headline, inevitable, increase, unavoidable and reckoning all in the same sentence. And somehow it does seem a little bit different this time because there's been a few debt ceiling problems over the last 70, 80 years, haven't there? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a regular battle in Congress and in US politics um, since 1917 when the debt ceiling was first introduced. It seems to have been getting progressively more contentious, though, I think, over the years. And it seems like this is the most contentious so far. And I guess whilst we are relatively confident that Congress will find a way to a deal and will raise or suspend the debt ceiling before anything too dire happens, I think the more negative implications of things we're worried about, I guess, both both in the sort of the aftermath of that deal and then longer term, um, I think it the the kind of the dysfunction and the political chaos of the moment are sort of a precursor to, I think, what's going to be a, a much longer term fiscal challenge in the US, I mean, probably in, in many countries around the world. But, um, you know, we, we think that the, the public finances are, are on a challenging footing, I guess, and there are some difficult decisions to be taken. And for the moment, nobody really wants to be addressing those those uh, difficult longer-term challenges in any kind of serious way. No, of course not, because that's the nature of politics. It's all very much short-term, and let's uh, get elected, and let's do things in the moment, if you like. The debt ceiling is something that will come back to bite you if you are a politician for any length of time in the future. Your first paragraph says the following... Dan, you say, at some point in the 2010s, it became unfashionable to worry about the long-term fiscal outlook. Inflation was extraordinarily low and interest rates were set low in response. That has been turned on its head. Does this make the latest debt ceiling scenario very much more dramatic? It's interesting. We, we tend to think that actually, the, whilst the, sort of the political noise has been turned up a level, in some ways, the, sort of the underlying incentives have actually shifted in a way which which should make this easier in the sense that 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 real concern that i think uh, was felt you know quite seriously in the period immediately after the global financial crisis around budget deficits and you know really a focus on um on fiscal sustainability and on, on trying to uh, get down things like the debt to gdp ratio that does seem to have shifted dramatically. So that's kind of the, the starting point for us is that the Republican Party, I think in particular, has has moved away from a very fiscally conservative uh, mindset. And, you know, you think back to the Tea Party, which was sort of dominant in in that era. Yes. Now, while there are there are still remnants of that um, political viewpoint, they seem to be pushed very much to the margins and actually kind of a more expansionary approach to fiscal policy seems to be seems to have a pretty broad consensus. So in that way, we think that really there's not a, a strong enough faction within Congress to to actually win a battle from the fiscally conservative side. So a lot of this, we think, is is sort of political theatre um, and and really there 
there is a deal to be done, but it probably it's probably a deal which is going to require a fairly broad consensus in the middle. So we're going to have to have, I think, um, you know, a large portion of votes from both Republicans and Democrats in, in Congress. And and just finding that landing spot, I guess, is particularly tricky given all the all the all the different actors, the sort of the very fine margins that are involved and just, you know, threading that needle, I guess, is 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 what's what's playing out now and what's what's proving awkward and what may mean this goes you know right down to the wire and possibly even we think you know maybe even beyond the dates that people are setting out currently as the the drop dead date but it's happened before hasn't it daniel and we've had this before where you know national parks have closed down and certain people have been laid off uh, government workers have been laid off because they can't be paid and that sort of thing so we have been used to this rather on certain occasions but many people will say oh well here we go again if the market dips then we should be buying it that's me saying that not 91 saying that and you say broadly there are four scenarios for how this debt ceiling skirmish could play out maybe you could sketch out those four scenarios as you see them yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the difficulty is that there are there are so many sort of paths and and different things which could happen within each of those scenarios. But what we've tried to do is just think about grouping the outcomes based on you know what actually happens on the so-called X date, so the point at which the the U.S. Treasury no longer has enough cash to to meet all its obligations. So we think that before that date comes or by that date. By still by far the most likely outcome is that their Congress has passed a piece of legislation which will push that date further out again and just you know push this battle further down the road essentially. So uh, either to raise the debt ceiling or just to suspend it for a period of time. And I mean I think the reason we think that's the most likely scenario is as we've discussed the it's not it's not in anyone's interest even if they say it is for you know to actually force the U.S. into default the the potential uh, downsides are so great and that that's not something that any serious person actually um, would want to achieve. Um, and and a, a deal is possible, we think, because of this, um, you know, greater consensus on on sort of the right level of kind of longer term fiscal approaches. Then I guess the second most likely outcome is that either by, um, you know, miscalculation or some sort of uh, sabotage that just a deal can't be found by that date. Um, and so we do get into a point where the Treasury no longer has enough cash to pay all of its obligations as they come due. But I think the important thing to say here is that we don't see that as implying a full default on um, US Treasury securities. And that's clearly the key thing for financial markets. Yes, it is. And you say the word sabotage. What do you mean political sabotage, Daniel? Yes. I mean, I think there are, for example, Speaker of the, the House, Speaker McCarthy, has put himself in a very vulnerable position where um, it only requires one member of the House to raise a motion of no confidence in him. And, you know, potentially there's a way for him to lose the speakership through that route. So, you know, something like that ha happening in the political system, you know, could allow a very minority position to sort of derail the whole thing at the last moment. I guess there are other ways that could happen, but that's that's one example. But I think the the thing we come back to is if you do get into a situation where the Treasury can't meet all of its obligations, what we know they would do in that scenario is that they would prioritise principal and interest payments on Treasury securities as those become due. And so we think that actually the Treasury market can sort of stumble through that. Now, it does mean that employees and contractors of the federal government 
would not be getting paid. You know, there would have to be some, someone would have to, to miss out in that scenario. But at least from the point of view of financial markets, we think that sort of disaster would be avoided and you would then have a slightly extended window to get the deal done, essentially. I mean, that's not that's not an end state. You then you still have to you should have to find a way to to solve the problem, but you're in a more pressured scenario. So maybe that additional pressure is what's needed to get a deal done. So that's the second scenario. Mm. The third scenario would then be that by some kind of gimmick or maneuver that hasn't been attempted previously, a way is found around the debt ceiling and around the requirement for Congress to pass legislation. So there's lots of things that have been talked about here. The 14th Amendment has been one that's come up a lot. People talk about minting a trillion dollar platinum coin. (laughs) there's, There's various kind of novel approaches that could be tried. Now, I think whilst there's a lot of kind of interesting theories there, we think that those steps are very unlikely, primarily because they require a big gamble to be taken by the administration and by the White House, essentially. And President Biden has not built a political career as a gambler. He, you know, his whole identity is as a very cautious, pragmatic, bipartisan politician. So we think that uh, it would be very out of character and, you know, not not necessary either for them to make a major gamble at this point. That scenario is how it would play out. We think you're then in markets left in a very difficult position because they have to make some judgment about whether that that gimmick or that maneuver is actually going to be effective. If they think it's effective, then potentially everything is okay and actually the debt ceiling problem goes away. But then there must be some risk that it doesn't work or it gets there is litigation which which you know, stops that maneuver from working, and we and we have you know a, a much more panicky type of market environment. So the final scenario is something we think is more or less totally implausible in the first instance. We can't say it's totally zero probability, but that is essentially that we get to the X date and there's a hard default on US Treasuries. Essentially, we don't think that happens because of those scenarios two and three. Essentially, there are there are ways to avoid it, even if the Treasury is is not able to meet all obligations. We just don't see a hard default being kind of forced at that point. So it, it could happen further down the road, but we don't see it happening in, in June, for example. That's how we set out those four scenarios. Yeah, okay, and understood, and well put. One of the things that really interests me as a market commentator is you say looking further ahead there are some serious structural headwinds around the fiscal situation for markets to understand for one you say u.s deficits are likely to be much higher in its may update the congressional budget office projected that america's deficit would average 6.1 percent of gdp and you go on with more details as well and then this is the one that really interested me it says here it would be one story if debts were higher because of ambitious government programs you don't list them but i mean i would imagine something like infrastructure um, renewal and that sort of thing. But you say the bulk of the deficit increase is just higher interest costs, which is what when we go right back to the beginning in my introduction, or my first question to you, is it's different this time, because interest rates have suddenly gone shooting up, and inflation is still high. So it's a very interesting scenario. Yes. So um, I mean, we are, we're looking at the sort of the longer term projections from the Congressional Budget Office there. And obviously, there's a there's a lot of uncertainty when you're trying to project that far forward. But I think when you look at those projections, one of the more concerning parts for us is that essentially we've had a phase where a large and growing government debt pile 
hasn't really been an issue because debt service costs have been so low. Actually, you know, debt has grown, but the the interest payments have fallen over time. So, you know, you're not actually spending any more money, in fact, spending less money to take on additional debt over time. There seems to be a risk that we are, you know, moving through some kind of structural break here or some kind of regime change. And the CBO projections sort of factor that in to some degree. But, you know, there's clearly a risk. I think the the projected average interest rate rises to 3.2% 10 years out on those CBO projections. The problem is there's, it seems like that could be towards the low end of estimates, you know, so the the risk is clearly that you get a more, even more difficult financing problem than that. And that actually you're, you're having to spend a very large proportion of government revenues on just financing a large pile of debt. So, you know, that then crowds out productive investment and, and other things which could help economically and help bring that debt problem down. So those dynamics do look challenging and they look no less challenging, I guess, in other in other places. Well, on a, a slightly more optimistic note to end this, Daniel, you and Sahil say it is easy to imagine worse scenarios. So all is not lost, I think, is the is the final message which I want to put out. But thank you very much for your analysis. That was Daniel Morgan, analyst at 91, speaking from New York. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.